Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. I hope everyone is doing really well. Uh, not quite sure of what to say in this introduction, if I'm honest. Uh, things are a bit chaotic for everyone, but I'm glad to see that we're all trying to continue with normality as much as possible. So I wasn't really uh, initially planning on having an episode that is dedicated to COVID-19. Um, I'm, I appreciate that it's sort of everywhere that we look right now, whether that's on the news or on our social feeds or checking emails or, or wherever it is, it's, it's hard to get away from. However, with that being said, I saw a LinkedIn post from today's guest, Stephen Kenwright from Rise at Seven, who I'll introduce in a moment, provided some really positive and actionable advice for marketers and business owners. And it's had some great engagement, some really positive feedback from a numerous market, market managers and business owners. So I figured everyone's sort of at home with not much to do. I figured that I'd invite him onto the show to share his thoughts and, and talk about those points he made in a little bit more detail. We've kind of winged it a little bit. There isn't much planning involved. Um, his post went out on Tuesday and it's now Thursday, so there's a quick turnaround. But I'm sure that what he has to say is going to be valuable to anyone that's listening. So yeah, let's get started. So hi, Stephen. How's it going? Hi, Liam. Things uh, all right, all things considered. Things pretty good. Yeah, uh, not bad. How about yourself? That's good. Great to hear. Yeah, so I'm doing well as well. Working from home, a little bit of an adjustment to be made. <laughs> but yeah, could you tell us a bit about yourself and Rise at Seven just to start off? Sure. So I co-founded Rise at Seven nine months ago uh, with Carrie Rose. So we are a very new agency and this is incredibly bad timing uh, as far as we're concerned. But I, I've my background has been in marketing uh, for about 10 years, digital marketing and mainly SEO throughout that time. But a little bit, a little uh, stint in-house in between as well, running digital for uh, Pendragon PLC, which is a large automotive retailer. But most of the time I've been agency side, most of the time I've been in SEO and Rise at Seven is an SEO specialist. So creative and technical side of, of the discipline, that's literally all we do. So yeah, quite an extensive background and you'll be able to sort of touch on numerous examples of people that you've spoken to um, during this period. So that'll be very handy. It's a bit of a shame that we're sort of having to talk about a gloomy topic because I'm sure that there'd be plenty of other exciting SEO and content topics that you'd be able to share. So maybe we'll get something sorted when, when things pick up, who knows. But yeah, as I mentioned, we're sort of freestyling on this episode, but I think that Stephen's post shared a lot of great insights. So if you stay tuned with us, we're, we're going to touch into that um, for around 15 minutes or so. So yeah, let's get started and, and talk about how people can adjust their marketing strategy or some of the things and tips that they can do um, just during this period of uncertainty when no one's quite sure how to act or react and, and what they're supposed to be doing. So yeah, we're going to be talking about short-term adjustments. Obviously, things will be different depending on uh, your industry, company size, budgets, but I'm pretty sure that most of us will be in agreement that we're going to have to make some sort of adjustments um, in the short term just to be precautionary and, and as, as markets change. The first thing that you mentioned in your, in your post, Stephen, was about cutting waste. Would you be able to sort of talk about that in a little bit more detail on the examples that you shared? Sure. So I think when times are good, we can get away as marketers with a whole load of waste. And that's everything from non-converting keywords within PPC campaigns through to, you know, getting away with a lot of spend generally that we can't account for or that we don't necessarily believe is um, the most crucial thing we could be doing, but we believe is part of a, a bigger picture. And I think what has to go out the window right now is that bigger picture of, of what's currently going on. And through 
conversation with a bunch of our clients and and um, people that I've I've known for a long time in the industry, the first thing that everyone is doing is cutting zero converting keywords. The thing is, because of consumer behavior changing so much because of the virus, zero converting keywords is suddenly a very large number of keywords. And generally speaking, I think more people are completely pausing PPC spend than are cutting campaigns at all. I think generally speaking, it's it's a little bit all or nothing for most of the retailers that I'm talking to. And um, I, I would say that the bits of paid media activity that are being kept on board are usually the more cost-effective things anyway. So things like brand bidding, defending brand terms, etc., especially tend to be pretty cheap in terms of PPC clicks, but then also remarketing definitely is something that that the majority of retailers I'm talking to are keeping on board because these are people that they're talking to that have shown some sort of intent that they are going to purchase something or that they would consider purchasing something. This isn't a brand new audience. This is a current audience that have some sort of interest. So uh, remarketing to those people across social, across display networks, across PPC even, still seems to be very much on people's radar. And I think that's that's the wider point. So new customer acquisition is basically what's on hold during this time. It's We've got a bunch of people that are in our funnel that are currently aware of us and might be considering buying a product even if they aren't going to buy right at this very second because whether they're in a different financial situation or not i think that most brands are willing to continue talking to those people because they have a good feeling of how they're going to react to the messaging and that they are in market for something even if that's been a prolonged purchase decision uh, because of the virus and do you think maybe it's worth if, if you leave people leave ads on maybe this week and then um, they find they're getting poor results, but they're still paying for the same amount of clicks? Do you think it's worth scaling back, say, 25 percent this week and seeing how it goes next week and then reducing it maybe 50 percent budget? Or is it a case of if it's not working right now, it's probably not going to pick back up again? I think it totally depends on the industries. Um, we have a lot of clients who are entirely reliant on footfall. So everything from, you know, fertility clinics through to travel brands, that's not going to work right now. So you aren't going to get people to physically leave their homes and go somewhere with a PPC ad currently. So most of those brands are pretty much turning it off when it comes to new customer acquisition. Whereas when it comes to e-commerce, for example, people are still getting deliveries right as of right now. So people are still buying things online. What they're buying is maybe a little bit different, but... Um, we, we work with some fashion brands who are seeing an uptake in loungewear, for example, but are seeing a fall in evening dresses because people aren't going out. People are staying in, but they still want to buy clothes. So I think it totally depends on the industry, whether there's a realistic chance that people are going to buy something right now and how long term of view you can take. Because if you're um, one of the interesting insights that I saw from China, now everything's kind of going, getting back towards normal is that there's a lack of public confidence in the public transport in China and, and the uh, cleanliness of it. So there's actually been a lot of interest in purchasing a car. And it's definitely too early, in my opinion, for automotive retailers in the UK to be going, no worries, we'll keep this on full, full blast and see what we get at the other side, because no one knows when the other side is going to be. I think scaling back generally on generic terms that are already expensive and poorly converting is, is an obvious move. 
And I think that for a large majority of brands, turning off everything except their brand terms and any remarketing or pushing against some really core, tightly defined audiences is probably a bad move to to keep those campaigns on. Yeah, and and the thing is, if if it does impact performance short term, it's going to have a knock on effect when things do get better. Do you have any sort of advice? It's quite a vague question, but what happens if paid media and paid ads is sort of a main source for people? Is there an alternative, whether that's just focusing on maybe cold selling or, or, or like you mentioned, remarketing or something else? Again, I think it totally depends on the industry, but I think that remarketing is a is a valid um, a valid strategy for a lot of brands, even the ones who are wholly reliant on paid media as an acquisition channel. I think remarketing is going to be a good source of income right now. The thing is, it's not like people are converting on other channels. So it's not like you turn off your paid ads and find other places for people to convert. They're just not converting. And the reason that you would reduce your spend across paid channels is because you're literally putting cash out of your pocket out of the business to get those people who aren't converting. Whereas at least on organic channels and social and so on, you are getting people that aren't converting either, but you're not paying directly for them most of the time or or not literally directly for them. So I think you're not going to find an easy answer to this, but I do think it does make sense to focus on your current customer base, previous customers, and anyone that appears to be aware of you as a brand right now, whatever channel they came in originally, they are they are a, a reasonable target for, for your advertising. So we're just going to sort of move on to your next theme of, of the post that you had. So the first one was scaling back on, on paid advertising. And the second one is whilst you're doing that is keeping other things more active and keeping the lights on elsewhere. So what was it in detail sort of that you were talking about there? So a lot of the channels that, and, and I've mentioned previously that we're a specialist agency within SEO that that incorporates a, a fair few channels nowadays. And the bits that are slowing down for us would be digital PR. We seem to be a little bit out of the other end to a degree where people, journalists are now interested in writing about something else just as, you know, because it's blanket coverage nonstop for the last week people are now crying out for different kinds of media. So we might find that that's changing a little bit already, but we just have to be careful and readjust our campaigns and the messaging. However, what we are doing for a lot of the clients that we have is moving the budget that they would have spent with us in digital PR into content, typically on-site content. So again, that previous point around an audience that's currently in market for something that we're interested in, you know, that's a visitor to our website, Can we facilitate that conversion? Can we make sure that we're providing all the information that they would potentially need to be able to buy whatever it is that we're selling? Because, again, a lot of our clients have a longer purchase process, a longer longer path to purchase than just a few weeks. So uh, the travel brands that we work with, um, although we're not expecting to convert a whole load of people right now, everyone's at home, everyone's browsing and thinking about what they're going to do when all of this blows over, whether it's in two months, three months, or, or, or however long it might be. So actually, there is a real appetite for people who are planning better times ahead of them, people who are buying evening dresses because they have a, a, an event towards the end of the year now, or because they're thinking as soon as this is done, they are going to go out and get wasted. So there is there is a real appetite for making sure that we are facilitating conversions as best as possible, removing some of the blockers and and really 
the the bits that have been less prioritized and tend to be more difficult for our, our clients to do things like reducing tech debt on the websites and, and getting things through the dev queue. I mean, we had a client who migrated about a week and a half, two weeks ago, migrated to a new platform, changed literally everything for all intents and purposes. This is not all that bad timing because they are um, just recovering from that. It gives us a load of chance where they weren't going to get a load of conversions anyway to fix everything as quickly as we possibly can so that when times do get better, they are in the best possible position. And realistically, if this wasn't happening around us currently, we would have had other priorities. We would have elongated that process a little bit. We would have been focusing on PR and, 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 um, other areas like social media. So it just allowed us to refocus and say, what are the bits that are really blockers for people actually buying things from the companies that we work with? Because this is the best possible chance to get those things done. It's easy to forget that when all of this blows over, people are going to be have a lot of money saved and they're going to be ready to sort of splash the cash. Touch wood, hopefully, obviously, there'll be some people who may be affected in different ways. But for the most part, people will be able to think, all right, I'm booking a holiday, I'm booking travel, I'm going out to uh, a long weekend somewhere or something. So it's important to sort of think long term. So I did have a a couple of questions in regards to content. Um, So when you say pushing out content, do you mean doing that now or building up and and collecting that for when the virus has slowed down? So when you're talking about pushing, I'm thinking, you know, whether that's promoting via paid social or PR or something like that, that's difficult right now. You know, there's a lot of noise around, around the virus and, and it can be quite difficult to get picked through. So when I'm talking about content, I'm not specifically talking about content marketing or digital PR focused content where we're trying to get cut through and get people to notice. Um, I'm talking about content where it's for the people that, you know, maybe we don't, pay enough attention to which is our current customer base so i would suggest that you know and certainly what we're doing is we're getting content written and designed and live as quickly as we possibly can because we want to make the most of everyone who's currently uh, uh, currently on our website and and is currently already a fan of ours or already interested in what we do so i would say that there's no reason to delay publishing stuff i think um if that if the kpi if the aim of that that particular piece of content is to get a large note a large reach and get noticed by a lot of people then yeah it makes sense to delay that and that's that is pretty much what we're doing um, whereas if the aim of that content is to make sure that someone understands a little bit better about what they can expect when they go on a holiday with the company that we work with or uh, you know they understand a little bit better about the etiquette in a spa or how IVF works they are the exact kind of things that you know we want to get live as quickly as possible because realistically we should have those anyway of course yeah and people have less to do so they're wanting to read about things from their favorite brands and companies so it does make complete sense from that point of view you also mentioned in your post about dialing back on email communications. I think I've mentioned I've had a, maybe hundreds of emails in the last few days from companies, some of which I weren't even aware that I've even subscribed to. To be honest, I've had a little bit of a clear out. Would you sort of say that we shouldn't be emailing unless it's essential or is, do you sort of need to keep up with everyone else because they're doing it? I think that the amount of communication around basically a brand just emailing a customer saying, don't worry guys, we're remote working is, is totally unnecessary because I don't think a customer has ever really pictured what the person on the other end of that computer 
thug cycle or who, who they are. You know, one of the advantages of the internet and disadvantages of the internet is it's fairly inhuman in that sense. So, you know, if you are getting an impersonalized message from a brand saying that, uh, don't worry, everything's fine, we are cleaning things better, then you immediately think, well, you're not cleaning things well before. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think that just saying it just because everyone else is saying it is is actually becoming an annoyance for a lot of customers. Whereas if you are the sort of company, you know, you are a B2B uh, organization, you have account managers, you're talking to individual clients, of course you should be emailing those people and making sure that they are aware how you've made changes, how they can reach you, what what's, uh, what's realistic for them to do. So I, I think with specific virus communications, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to email just because everyone else is just to say something that people probably expect anyway because i think a lot of um a lot of people aren't really aware of how difficult it is for some of these larger older companies to work from home but then in email communications generally obviously we've got things like mother's day um just around the corner and we've got a death toll in this country and it just seems to me like an absolute minefield that you would want to be promoting campaigns as normal during this because you have no idea what the individual circumstances of the person who's going to actually read that email is going to be. So I think it's so dangerous. And although you might convert a few people, it's only worthwhile if your messaging, if your communication is not generic, but it's something that's pretty harmless and you're confident that it's not going to cause any kind of offense or upset. And that it's also not going to be considered an intrusion and, and, it's going to be appropriate for the time. So if you're a hotel chain saying book now, book now, book now, which is what hotel chains really do on email, you really should turn that off. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point that you made about events and Mother's Day and things coming on, especially with everyone not being sure um, how everyone is and, and things like that. Um, we're just going to move on to your last point now, and that's the positive side of things. That's the come out of the other side, firing on all cylinders and, and really pushing things when everyone is hopefully back to normal real soon. You have mentioned it briefly um, in, in the other points, but are you able to sort of, do you have any suggestions or any thoughts on how people can prepare for that? For sure. I mean, and, and I'm I'm entirely biased to the channels that I know most about. I can talk a little bit to other channels, but with SEO as an example, it's not very easy to turn it off now and turn it back on in a few months. So what are some of the things that we're doing are geared towards that long-term strategy anyway? That's not exclusive to this as a channel, but it's definitely uh, one of the features of it. I think when you get through to the time that people are allowed out or uh, that people are willing to go out and um, purchase things again, suddenly paid media is going to be more competitive than ever, especially if everyone's turned stuff off and things get more expensive for them. You are suddenly going to be spending an awful lot of money to acquire customers if you haven't planned to get the rest of your kind of marketing flywheel moving without the assistance of paid media. Um, and I think that PR is an interesting one too. So PR is a channel that we work in quite frequently. And although people are dialing that back a little bit, journalists have for a long time been overwhelmed with the number of communications they get from PRs and PR agencies. And I think, you know, even during this time, you're looking at what's the best story, what's the what's the headline, what's the subject line that's going to stand out. I don't think that changes, but I do think we can expect to see a large number of journalists just completely overwhelmed with the number of pictures they're getting about 
pretty much anything that people have been planning for. So I think when you are planning appropriately for the long term and what's going to come at the other end of uh, the other end of COVID-19, I think it's going to be making sure that the channels that don't slow down or that you can't really slow down keep keep moving as fast as they possibly can um and i think it's really when you're looking at uh, creative campaigns when you're looking at things that need to grab attention spending a little bit extra time on them now and instead of saying you know we we launch a campaign every quarter because we said we would or because that's what we do maybe now is the time to say well we'll we'll hold both of these campaigns or, or what, however many we're doing and really put some effort into them and make sure that they are as big and wide as they can possibly be and just really think about doing some great marketing. Yeah, I think as well, if, if, if people are slowing down now and pulling back and then driving all their efforts into something when everything settles down, it ensures as well that you're not going to get left behind by competitors or everyone else. I'm sure everyone else is working on important things and product launches and, and new features and stuff. So it is really important to, to be prepared for when that time clears up to have something ready or, or, or something that's going to push you and, and, and make you um, stand out. Sure. Yeah, I'm just going to move on to um, the last few minutes of the podcast episode now. So yeah, if you stay tuned with us, we'll finish off on a few lighthearted subjects that haunt around viruses and, and the doom and gloom. So yeah, let's finish off the episode um, as normal with a few careers questions and uh, a little bit of a lighthearted ending. I know this episode has been a little bit different to others, um, but I wanted to sort of keep the regular structure to it. So Stephen, do you have any sort of fun stories from maybe when you were first starting out in marketing in your career or maybe when you started Rise at Seven that you think other people would enjoy hearing? I think so. an, an interesting bit of background about how Rise at Seven came about. Um, my co-founder, Carrie was applying to be on The Apprentice, a BBC show. And um, really the, the background of Rise at Seven is I helped her to put together a, a business plan uh, with the intention of her partnering with Lord Sugar and, and, and launching a, a digital marketing agency with him. And then, you know, she got through to the last sort of, the latter auditions but didn't get on the live show. And it was just, it was a, a, a mess of coincidences and me being, um, I was in-house at the time um, and, and kind of thinking about next steps and um, obviously her not getting the investment from Lord Sugar gave us just the platform to say, well, why don't we just do this ourselves anyway? And so we, we literally from the day that we decided to launch an agency to the day we actually launched, there was about a month in between and we just went for it and jumped in with one client uh, paying not a lot of money, uh, definitely not likely to support us uh, for more than a couple of weeks, um, and just basically dived in. And I think um, we were lucky with the timing uh, for lots of reasons, but it, it, it worked out pretty well. We grew pretty fast. Yeah, it's fun that you sort of were planning your business without knowing that you were planning <laughs> sure. it at the same time. Are there any mistakes that you might have made along the way that you think others might be interested in hearing? I think we've made uh, we've made a fair few mistakes. Um, I think we've had a couple of campaign disasters where we've bitten off more than we can chew and said that we can do something 
that w- realistically we thought we could. It's not like we were saying, oh, yeah, we'll figure that out later. But, you know, we did a campaign, ironically, around The Apprentice, where we compared The Apprentice and Dragon's Den, the winners and um, losers, I guess, too, and, and investment to see which is your best chance of launching a successful business if you go on The Apprentice or if you go on Dragon's Den. Um, the problem is none of that data is all in one place. It's a mixture of company's house and news stories and hearsay so we had an enormous number of pages to digest to try and find the answers to these questions and some of them had conflicting information in them so we we did a campaign basically that was just so big and unwieldy for um, a client in our really early days that we messed up several times we did the data wrong a bunch of times and what we really learned from it is firstly if we say we're going to do a campaign we're going to do it so we didn't charge more than the initial uh, initial quote we actually charged a lot less than the whole campaign was going to cost while we made it right because it's probably been a very frustrating experience uh, for, for that client um, but more than that you know we hustled till it worked so we launched it on Forbes Lord Sugar tweeted it actually so it did pretty well and then um, I think also when we know that we have a gap in the agency, a gap in the the service that we offer, and in that case, it was some serious data processing power. We knew that we had to hire that skill in pretty early. So we got eventually we got a freelancer to process that data for us and actually work out what the story really should be. And he did a great job of it. So we hired him. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned starting a little bit too big and then realizing you can outsource work when needed and things like that. So it's an interesting point that you made. I'm uh, just going to finish on one final question, and then that is, what uh, do you have one piece of advice that you could give to fellow marketers, whether they're at the start of their career or they're, they're at the top? I think you learn more talking to people than you do trying to learn on your own. And I think, you know, again, I'm going to bring a little bit of SEO bias into this, but if anyone asks what should you do what should what what skills should you learn if you're trying to become a better SEO, and everyone will always say you should learn to code or you should learn Python or machine learning or something like that, whatever is um, realistically a really good bit of information to know in this discipline. But I think you learn more by actually just going to sit and talk with a developer, for example. So instead of learning to code yourself, just try and understand what the world looks like to someone who can really do it. You're never going to be as good as someone who does it with a passion and it is their number, it's their calling in life. So you're going to get more done if you can understand what their pain is and what you could do to help make their jobs better. And that's that's the same across everything. Rather than saying that you need to learn every skill that there is to know, you just need to know every person that there is to know within an organization if you really want to get things done. Yep, that's a great way to leave it. Makes things a lot more efficient and makes your job a lot easier. So yeah, thank you for jumping on the podcast. That's such a short <laughs> no notice. Problem. Hopefully people can hear from someone who's had uh, a wide range of conversations about what what to do in the short term and, and how to prepare. So thank you for listening, everyone.